Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and the countdown to Thanksgiving has officially begun. Uh, We're continuing with some holiday-themed episodes here, folks. I feel like eventually I'm going to run out of Thanksgiving episodes, but I, you know, I feel like Food Network always cashes in on, like, those those holiday-themed episodes, so there's more than I thought there was, and I don't think I've ever seen this one, Uh, but we'll talk about the episode in just a second. First of all, how is everyone? Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Thursday, if you're a hydrangea on the good Patreon, because you get this episode one day earlier. Um, I hope everyone's doing well. I I know it's like, uh, I think this episode is very appropriate because, you know, it's November. I'm recording this uh, on November 9th, a little bit earlier in the day. But I feel like Thanksgiving is going to be here before you know it. And I've never hosted Thanksgiving before. Like, I've never made a full Thanksgiving dinner. I think the closest I, I came to that was when, like, during the pandemic, Keon and I just decided to stay home and cook Thanksgiving. And... I think it went pretty well. I think we made like a roasted chicken instead of turkey, to be honest. And I think the hardest part, and they address this in the episode too, is really timing everything out and making sure that like things aren't cold, especially if you only have like one oven, which most moch, which most folks have. So I'm excited to talk about Thanksgiving. I can talk about Thanksgiving sides for days. I love a Thanksgiving side dish, but. I also wanted to say really quickly, on a personal note, um, I got laid off this last Friday. And I say that only because, you know, I'm not ashamed of it. You know, it's it's what's going on in my life right now. And I think there's also just like a mixed bag of emotions about how I feel about it because there are so many ways in which like I got this promotion last year and it was like the biggest, it's like the highest ranking position I've ever had. So I felt that pressure and feel like I never quite settled into the role for a variety of reasons that I won't go into. But overall, I feel good. And, you know, I got a severance package, all that good stuff. Like, I feel financially okay for now. And I think this is kind of a nice time of year to be laid off. I mean, let's be honest. There's never a good time of year to be laid off. But I will say my my plan is to sort of... um, you know, like, enjoy the next two months, enjoy the holidays, try not to stress, and kind of reevaluate what I want to do next. Um, So I'm just, like, putting that out into the universe and just, like, trusting that something will come. And I know, like, the world is on fire right now, and it might not be an immediate, like, I just don't, like, I feel like there's so much of me that was like, I should start applying for jobs right away, but this is also a tricky time of year to be hired. And I feel like most folks in their career never really get this kind of break. I've, I've been joking that I feel like I'm on maternity leave because um, it's just kind of like I don't really have an agenda um, and I want to be back, you know, within two to three months. But I, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know if I'm ready to, like, just jump back into the corporate world. I'm I'm willing to do that, but I'm also trying to, like, I don't know. It sounds very woo-woo, but like, what is what is this time? This time has been given to me to sort of reflect and like pivot and figure out what it is I should be doing slash I want to be doing and to find something that I can like really thrive in. Um, and so many people are, you know, 
all my friends and family have been super supportive and they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I, I don't know. I feel like I've dabbled in so many different things that like are kind of in correlation with one another. Like I studied music in college and then I, you know, I could teach voice lessons. I can, you know, continue podcasting. I can continue doing voiceover work. So like to eventually maybe build up something where I wouldn't have to go back into the corporate world, but I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I know the idea of like, I just want to find a corporate job that doesn't like, you know, that has a good work-life balance, doesn't suck the life out of me. But I know that's like, that's hard. You know, what I'm asking for is very difficult and, and something that I like, that I would thrive at and, you know, potentially really be good at and like. Um, and I know that's not always the case. Most of us just have jobs to have jobs and we fulfill ourselves elsewhere by having podcasts and doing other things that sort of fill our cup. But I just feel like this is the time. I don't know. It's like this weird feeling that I have that like I could really sort of manifest and work towards something that could potentially really ultimately be what I'm meant to be doing. Does that make sense? I think it does. I don't know. So um, I just I wanted to share that with you folks that because, uh, you know, this is happening all over the world, too. Like I, this was like a huge layoff for my company. Um, and, and I also realized, too, that like not everyone is as privileged to have like to be able to take this time. Like most people have families or, you know, loved ones they have to take care of or even just, you know, themselves to take care of that. It's I'm I'm in a very unusual position I guess unique position to kind of just chill for a couple months but I know like I said there's going to be a time where I'm eventually going to have to take something even if it is isn't exactly what I want just to kind of you know pay the bills so but for now um I'm gonna enjoy the holidays and enjoy this time with all of you and honestly too it kind of gives me some time back to really be focused on this podcast. As we all know, I have two podcasts and the other one is like built into my every day or every week. You know, it's easier to do a podcast with a a co-host and a little bit more difficult when you do a solo podcast because you have to force yourself to do it. So I think that I'm going to really hopefully make some big strides with the good vanilla. I don't know, maybe get some guests on. Maybe I'll reach back out to TR, see if he wants to join. Um, I'm, I'm excited and optimistic, but also, you know, it's anxiety inducing to be laid off and to not know what's next. So I'm just going to take it in stride and yeah, just hope for the best. I think it's all going to work out. It has to, right? But for now, let's get into this episode. This is Back to Basics, season one, episode five, and this is called Thanksgiving Countdown. So Ina begins. Uh, By the way, she's sitting in her home office in front of her laptop and just to set the scene, you know, and she says, when Thanksgiving comes around, I become incredibly popular. Everyone seems to have a turkey problem that they need solved. Well, I've got the answers to the toughest questions, and I'm making a foolproof plan for a really easy Thanksgiving dinner. First, I'm making a quick-cooking herb-roasted turkey breast that's moist and delicious with a big pan of sausage and herb stuffing on the side. Lots of homemade gravy with a splash of brandy. Then, a celery root and apple puree that's perfect for the holidays. It's back to basics, barefoot style, and I'm on a countdown to Thanksgiving. There's that. I love Thanksgiving episode. 
I think everything, I mean, this is the one, my one complaint. And um, again, it's like, I, I understand where she's coming from. I've said it many times before. Ina is not a pumpkin pie gal. I think she, I just don't think she likes it. And that's also fine. But I feel like there's different versions, like make a sweet potato pie or something, you know? And maybe there is an episode where she does and I haven't seen it. Um, but there's no pumpkin pie in this episode, folks. And that's a little sad. But that's it's fine. It's Ina's choice. It might not be my choice, but um, this is her show. So there we go. So uh, we start out. Ina is at the computer again, and she says, she says, who hasn't got a turkey horror story? And then she tells a story about her friend who cooked her first Thanksgiving turkey and was like super excited, only to find that she set her oven to clean. Yikes. And that's pretty intense because I think when you set your oven to clean, it turns it to like 500 degrees or something. It just like turns it to like the temperature of like the core of the sun. And I'm imagining that was not a pretty sight. Um, But I also imagine, I don't know why, like when I was younger and didn't know how that worked, I thought like the oven just turned into like a dishwasher. (laughs) I don't know why that doesn't make any sense, but like that would be cool if you could just go on like dishwasher mode and just like blast all the crud off of the the inside of your oven lord knows that we need to clean our oven good lord i mean maybe we should do that i'm gonna put that on my list but uh that'll be one thing i do while i while i'm laid off in the next two months um so then after this this is really fun it's almost like an ask Ina, like but like a rapid fire ask Ina. she shows us a montage of videos from i'm assuming viewers friends they seem like actors i'm not gonna lie which is also fine because who cares at the end of the day but the first video is from Marily sanfino that's this woman's name Marily sanfino and she says ina my stuffing was raw and then the second video is from florence raber and she's like i must have made 25 turkeys and not one of them turned out right they're like rubber ducks ugh And then there's this rapid fire list of just like Thanksgiving catastrophes. It's just like one line after another with a different person. One's like, mine was still frozen. The cat ate it. I burned it. It was really funny. It made me chuckle. And that's when I realized that I don't think I had ever seen this episode. I was like, hmm, don't remember all this, but I'm I'm happy to be here now. So then we flash back to Ina and she's like, so what's the answer? The answer is a plan the day before. So she's back in the kitchen uh, she's. She tells us that her Thanksgiving prep used to start a week in advance. Yikes. I mean, that's, that's a lot. And I know maybe if you're hosting like 50 people, that would I would start planning a week in advance. And again, I, I have never hosted Thanksgiving. I've never made everything all myself. I feel like it's an art. So I, I understand. It just feels like a lot. So instead of cooking a whole turkey, she pivots uh, to cooking a just a turkey breast, which I, I love. I mean, I think it serves less people. I think she says it serves like six people total. But if you're if that's how many people you're having, plus like not everyone like loves turkey. And I know you're supposed to cook enough. Like we always cook two turkeys in my family, even though like, gosh, at this point too, there's probably only 10 people coming over for Thanksgiving. But, you know, leftovers, turkey sandwiches, all that good stuff. Um, so anyway, she puts the turkey breast into the roasting pan and she washes her hands after that, of course. And then she starts making an herb rub. Uh, the first thing is minced garlic followed by some dried mustard powder 
fresh sage, fresh rosemary, and fresh thyme. I feel like that's the holy trinity of like Thanksgiving, especially sage for sure, and maybe thyme. Um, so then she adds two teaspoons of salt, pepper, some lemon juice, and then some olive oil to sort of, uh, you know, bind it all together. I thought she was going to use butter, but olive oil is also fine. I mean, I would love butter. Uh, and then she tucks half of the herb mixture underneath the skin of the of the breast and half of it on top as well, too. And that's like such a weird thing. I think I did that when I roasted the, the chicken during the pandemic when we had Thanksgiving. Just putting your fingers under the skin, it's just like, blah. But it does, I mean, it definitely adds the flavor, I'll tell you that. Uh, so she does remind us that it's actually better off to sit in the fridge overnight before doing this the day of, just so it gives like those herbs a little bit more time to really like, you know, absorb into the skin and, and, and uh, you know, marinate a little bit too. Uh, so she gives her hands a wash and then packages it up with some tin foil and then puts that in the fridge. So next, Ina is back at the laptop for another rapid fire round of listener listeners asking questions and um it's it's i think there's only two of these oh yeah so one person this is one person for each of these lines she says what kind of vegetables should i cook and then this like younger girl says my mom used to do boiled and pureed vegetables how many should i do and ina says my formula is two vegetables oh she says two vegetables one star dish and one supporting dish which i like but i guess it depends on how many people you're having right like you would need far more than two vegetables but if you're having i mean in this scenario we're only serving six people at ina's house but um and then ina like shares her screen uh and to show us like an easy like an easy map of thanksgiving side so these are all the like the supporting vegetables i'm assuming the bsas of thanksgiving um so she mentions French string beans, which is very easy. You know, you blanch them the day of and then toss them in some butter. I think that's like the easiest of all of these. Uh, and then we have some roasted carrots, which is basically cutting them, you know, diagonally, tossing some olive oil, salt and pepper on them, and then garnishing them with some chopped parsley. Also very easy, to be honest. And maple roasted butternut squash, which is exactly just that, you know, roasted butternut squash and then top it with some maple syrup that sounds delish no um what's the word uh sweet potatoes she's not i feel like she just i guess intentionally like you're not gonna see the green bean casserole at ina garden's house and if she does i'm sure she'll put like some sort of spin on it you're not gonna see like sweet potato casserole um you know or just like sweet potatoes with like marshmallows and brown sugar on them and that's I mean, to me, that feels like home. That feels like Thanksgiving. So I'm also fine with this. Like, I would eat any of the three of those things I just mentioned. But I also want that green bean casserole. Come on. And I think I've said this before. I'll say it on every Thanksgiving episode. Um, My family, when we do green beans, uh, we... I think, first of all, we use canned green beans. Well, no, I think... I think we've we've upgraded over the years. Anyway, green beans, butter, and then we put Ritz crackers on them. Oh my God, it's so good. Try it. I know it might seem weird. It's so good because the butter just like mixes in with like the crackers and it's just, and you don't bake it. You just like, as soon as the green beans are done, you just like put the butter in, put the crackers on, maybe sprinkle a couple, like give it a mix, then sprinkle a couple on top. But um, it's delicious. I love it. Uh, so now... Uh, where am I? My notes here. Time for the main events. 
Um, which oh, not the main event of the meal though, like the main vegetable, just to clarify, which is celery root and apple puree. Which I think I'd be into this. I let's talk about it first. So she starts out with some fennel. As we know by now, Ina doesn't prefer it raw but roasted. Uh, she says it's very sweet and delicious. And so she cooks up the fennel and some butter along with three golden delicious apples and some Yukon gold potatoes. And then she pulls out a celery root, which looks like it looks like a coconut mixed with a moon rock. It's very s- strange. And I I feel like you'd have to like this isn't going to be at like your local supermarket. I feel like you have to go to like Whole Foods or something like that to get this, which is fine. But um, this just seems like a, you know, especially with like the fennel and the celery root combined, like you're going to have to make two trips and I'm not into that. But who knows? Maybe celery root is more widely available. I don't know. So she chops up uh, the celery root, puts that into like the apples and uh, everything else. And she seasons it with salt and pepper, and then she gives that a stir. And then a little bit later, she adds some apple cider, gives that a stir, and then puts the lid on to let that simmer for about 30 to 40 minutes. So while that simmers, she gets out uh, her all-time favorite kitchen gadget, a food mill. She says something like, every French housewife knows what this is. Hmm. Um, So I I don't know. Uh, Listeners of France, is that true? I just feel like it, it feels like a very French countryside sort of gadget because um, it is it, it feels very primitive. Um, and if you don't know what a food mill is, you can just like Google it too. But I, I, I'm not going to describe it, but it's just basically, you know, something to puree your vegetables in, which Ina prefers because she doesn't want it to look like baby food. You know, she doesn't want to put it in a food, in a food processor, which I feel like it's not far off from the food processor. But I think with these vegetables, because they're so like fibrous and sort of if that's a word I don't know I'm just making that up but you know it's with the celery root and like everything else it because I feel like I guess the point I'm trying to make is like I've seen her use the food mill before for maybe potatoes or something else but like it's gonna get mashed anyway like I just don't see if I was to have a bowl in front of me and be blindfolded like and which one was like just mixed by hand and which one was like in the food mill I probably wouldn't notice too big of a difference, but I think this recipe, you would be able to tell, is what I'm saying. So by this time, the vegetables are done. They're the perfect amount of softness, and she puts a little splash of heavy cream in there as well. It is the holidays, after all. And then she puts the veggies into the food mill and gives it a stir, being sure to scrape the bottom as well. Um, And I think, like... Overall, I'd be into this. I'm curious about the celery root. I wonder how much of a like how much of a celery vibe it's giving off. I think celery can be very overpowering. I made a soup probably like a month ago that I put too much celery in and I like hate. I didn't hate the soup. I ate the soup, but I was very upset by it. <laughs> I was like I just feel like it's one of those things that can really if you add too much of it, it just ruins it. So, it looks like um this whole dish feels like the consistency of oatmeal. So, I mean, I love oatmeal, so I, I feel like I would try it. I, and it probably probably would be delicious, to be honest. So, anyway, we return to the laptop, and now it's time to talk about stuffing and gravy. And these are the lines that people say. They say, how can you make sure the stuffing is cooked? I'm so afraid I'm going to get it wrong. And then someone else says, I'm fed up with being chained to the stove making gravy while everyone else is having fun. Ina, what's the answer? 
and uh, Ina has them. Oh, she does. Uh, first, she answers the question of gravy. She says, this is really good. She says, don't use turkey drippings the day of. Instead, use frozen chicken drippings and make it the day before. Hello. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. Like, she doesn't say, like, hello. She says it as if it's the most obvious thing, though. Like, why didn't we think of that? You know, I would have never... First of all, I don't even truly know what chicken drippings are. I'm assuming it's, like, when you bake a... Ro- like, when you roast a chicken on, like, a rack and, like, a roasting pan and then, like, everything drips. I, I guess it-, it makes sense, but it just feels like I wouldn't... Rem- like, you would have to make this chicken instead, so why not just use the turkey drippings the day of? Like, why make an extra meal? I don't know. I don't know why I'm thinking into this too much, but this is all to say she shares her screen with us again and has a little video of like how to do the turkey, uh, the chicken, I guess, turkey. And it is chicken trip. (laughs) Wow. I'm losing my mind here. Chicken drippings, not turkey drippings. Um, But it's, it's so funny because on the left is the video and on the right side of the screen is like this fluorescent chartreuse colored recipe card on the right hand side for the drippings I don't know why they chose that color it looks crazy but anyway it starts with the chicken drippings she adds some yellow onions to that and cooks them up until they're you know pretty good and brown to be honest like very I don't know like almost to the consistency or coloring of uh, like French onion soup and then she adds some all-purpose flour some salt and pepper and once that's sort of cooked down she pours in two cups of hot chicken stock she says i like to use homemade but store-bought is okay uh i I don't think i've ever heard her say store-bought is okay so she's changing it up uh then the special thanksgiving ingredient a tablespoon of brandy which sounds really good she gives that a stir and then puts that into a container and tosses that in the fridge so now it's finally time for stuffing the best part of thanksgiving Uh, sausage stuffing to be exact so she starts with some butter a lot of butter (laughs) in a skillet and then adds two granny smith apples some celery and some onions and she says that she prefers to make the stuffing outside of the turkey because when she made it inside the turkey she would have to wait forever that's how she said it and then like the turkey would get dry and the stuffing would be cooked but like the consequence of the stuffing being cooked is that the the outside the turkey is dry so she prefers to just do it on the side which i think is i'm i'm fine with stuffing inside the turkey i know it can be like a little bit more moist for lack of a better word but um i i like a little bit of crisp on my stuffing so i i also prefer it on the side and my grandma oh my god she makes the best stuffing i can't wait to eat it all um so she also adds some fresh parsley to the apples onions and celery and then some salt and pepper as well uh, while that cooks down a bit, she pulls out some homemade breadcrumbs. She uses a French boule to make her stuffing, which is basically the type of French bread that's like, you know, when when you picture French bread, that's what I'm describing. It's like in a circle and it's like very rustic looking. So um, she after it's like out of the oven and sort of dried out, she puts the apple, celery and onion mixture uh, into that breadcrumbs, into those breadcrumbs, and then starts cooking the sausage. Uh, and she goes, she has this whole thing about how she's like, at first I used sweet Italian sausage, but it was so boring. And then I used spicy sausage, and it was way too hot. So basically, you know, a Goldilocks moment here. She she uses like a little bit of both. 
um, which I would be into as well. I think, I mean, I like sweet sausage. I don't think sweet Italian sausage is boring, but I understand where she's coming from, I guess. Uh, it looks like she took the casings off of them as well, too. She gives them, you know, this. she gives the sausage links like a mash in the skillet uh, to make little sausage crumbles, you know. And while that cooks, she adds a cup of cranberries and a cup of good chicken stock into the breadcrumbs. And then she tops it all off with the cooked sausage. This is perfect. I think this is like the perfect Thanksgiving stuffing. We don't do it in my family. Like, it's very bare bones it's not stovetop and there's nothing against stovetop because i've done it several times but my grandma makes it homemade but there's really not anything there's not cranberries in it there's not sausage there's not apples but i would be very into this um and i've often thought about bringing something like this to thanksgiving but i feel like at this point too it's like people like what they like like it might be good people might be into it but it might not be the hit that i want it to be so i'll just I'll let my grandma make the stuffing. She's really good at it. She likes to do it. Um, you know, there's that. So, uh, okay, so, so she puts all of this into a 9 by 13 pan. And to be honest, it's like a mountain of bread. It's almost like she needed a deep, I don't know, like a bigger dish. She spills some onto the counter and she says, yikes. Uh, she said, no one ever said I was a, how does she say it? No one ever said I was a clean cook or something like that. And... As she puts the stuffing into the fridge, she says, and I have a plan for dessert that involves the guests. Hmm. And it actually was like a legit hmm. So that, you know, I love a hmm. That makes me laugh. So after the commercial break, she's back at the laptop for the grand finale, which is, of course, a dessert. And she tells us that she instructed everyone to bring a pie, which is kind of nice. I feel like, you know, if I'm going to make Thanksgiving dinner for everyone I'm gonna need some people to bring some stuff too so and again she's not a pumpkin pie fan so she's not making that pumpkin pie that's what I would bring to Ina Gardens Thanksgiving because I know she doesn't like it um she says my friend Frank's favorite pie is a can of mincemeat and frozen pie shell why do I think he's gonna bring that and I'm like what mincemeat why does it sounds like something out of like a Charles Dickens novel (laughs) like whatever she just described and maybe it's delicious I know I feel like it's like a UK thing UK listeners out there like mincemeat pies go tell me about them is that are they amazing I've never been in the UK so maybe they're incredible um I feel like I'd probably love them I, I I'm not throwing shade at the mincemeat pie but I just picture like a can of like what looks like dog food, like just plopping into a frozen pie shell. I don't know. Let me know what they are and um, educate me. I'm happy to learn. Uh, Anyway, Ina looks at her laptop and says, I wonder what else people are worried about for Thanksgiving. And we get like sort of our last go of people, you know, voicing their concerns about Thanksgiving. And they say, putting it together is my greatest difficulty. By the time I get it all on the table, it's cold. And then Barbara Borsak says, I just like that name. That's why everyone has a name, by the way. But I was after like the first two, I was like, I don't need to write down all of these people's names. Um, So Barbara says, I have a nightmare that the turkey's not done and everything else is ready and the meal's ruined. And then Joy says, I'm always terrified that I'm going to forget to put something on to cook, which I feel has happened to me, to my mom, to like anyone I've ever met. Like, it's always like, oh, my gosh, we forgot the and then fill in the blank. Uh, But it's, you know, I feel like it's so much pressure 
especially like for the women of the house to make it perfect. I don't think men fully grasp the complexity and difficulty of entertaining and hosting Thanksgiving. And I feel like most dads out there are like, what are you all, what are you upset about? Or what are you worried about? Like, I feel like so many times my mom has said that, or my dad has said that to my mom and my dad's job, like since he's retired, he cooks like a lot more because my mom's still working. She's like retiring at the end of the year. But um, my mom or my dad's a little bit more involved in Thanksgiving. Like he definitely carves the turkey and he'll make like a couple of other things on the side, but they are not good in the kitchen. And it, it reminds me of Keon and myself. Like I'm a big ball of anxiety and Keon's just kind of like trying to help me, but I, I'm too controlling and I want to do it my way and I'm yelling at him. It's, it's never good. My mom and dad typically start bickering like 10 minutes before the meal is served. That's like get out of the kitchen like don't even go in there I think they just need to drink some wine drink some wine while you cook dinner everyone unless it's really going to throw you off um or take a Xanax I don't know because it I I can only imagine the stress because it just feels like you're juggling plates the whole time too pun intended but um I totally lost my place on my notes where am I here oh so the three people say those those lines and Ina, you know, not to worry. Ina has the perfect Thanksgiving dinner schedule here. So turkey is first. She puts a cup of white wine into that roasting pan and then it's into the oven for a few hours until it reaches 165 degrees internally. And then it's time to bake um, the sausage and herb stuffing. So once the turkey is out, the herb stuffing goes in and that only takes 30 minutes. Uh, And while that bakes uh, on top of the stove is the celery root and apple puree. Uh, And that goes into a pot to reheat. And she says you can add some apple cider in order to like, uh, you know, rehydrate it. And same thing with the gravy. Only uh, we will be adding a tablespoon of cream to bring that back to life. And then the most important, I mean, really, like I said, the most important time span of Thanksgiving The Thanksgiving countdown is the last 15 minutes before dinner is served. And this is where you really kind of can make those easy sides like the green beans. You spoon out some uh, store-bought cranberry sauce. You carve up the turkey. And that's that. Um, And this is Ina's like sort of not an outro. There's almost like two endings of this episode, which is kind of fun. She's like she says a holiday feast that or she says like, let me start over. Take two. She says, well, there it is, a holiday feast that looks like you've worked for days, but we know the truth. You're relaxed and ready to have fun with your friends. And that's Thanksgiving Back to Basics Barefoot Style. So that's like the first uh, kind of ending, but it's not the ending. But wait, there's more. We see Ina and Jeffrey opening the door. The camera is like kind of perched in this like aerial view, like in their, their main hallway there. Um... And the guests are arriving. Ina is sporting like, you know, a classic white, like perfectly starched, oversized collared shirt with this like beautiful orange scarf. It's almost like a pumpkin color, but, you know, it's just a really beautiful color of orange. And she looks so chic and she hugs and kisses a little girl named Hannah. And she says, oh, you brought a pie as if she forgot that she told everyone to bring one. I don't know. Maybe she was just like trying to make this little girl named Hannah feel good. Um, and then she says hello to her friend Dwyer, um, and who's female. And I love that name. I love that name, Dwyer. I don't know why. Like, I never think about baby names. I'm not having children. But I think Dwyer is a really cute 
sort of like it could be a boy or a girl. I feel like it's a really like gender neutral name. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. So I just had to say that out loud. But um, Dwyer asks, have you been cooking for days? And Ina like throws her head back and laughs. She's like, oh, days, you know. (laughs) I love how she's like, you know how it is, Dwyer. Uh, And Frank is there with um, what looks like a mincemeat pie. I don't know. The camera work was, was very fast at this point. And then this guy named Oliver is the last to enter the house. And he has a golden retriever, which I just feel is so... I just feel like there are no dogs allowed in Ina's house. I mean, of course, we've seen dogs in Ina's house, but hopefully this... I want to know what that dog's name is. I want to know his story or her story. But uh, the the episode officially ends. Like, everyone kind of walks in. Ina shuts the door, and Jeffrey's still there with her. And she's like, you and I are going to have a really good time. And then they give each other a smooch, and they walk arm in arm, like, out of the hallway there, the foyer, and uh, she's like, happy Thanksgiving. And then we fade to black. Oh, I feel like I need a nap after that episode and not because of the turkey. I mean, that was, I would say this, like if anyone is hosting their first Thanksgiving, whether it's like, whether you're like a young adult or, you know, you only have six or seven people showing up. I really do think that this is like a, a good blueprint for, um, you know, that sort of mission to host your first Thanksgiving. I really feel like there's a lot of the details spelled out. So, I mean, I learned a lot and I'm hoping that you all did too. (sighs) Well, I guess that's all I have. I'm trying to think of what I'm going to do for Patreon this week. I feel maybe I'll count down my favorite Thanksgiving side dishes, but I feel like I've already done that. I can't remember how long I've had the good Patreon up and running. Has it been a year already? None of this really matters. I don't know why I'm talking this out on the mic, but I will be counting down something Thanksgiving related, I feel, or maybe something totally different. Who knows? Maybe favorite Thanksgiving desserts. That would be fun. But that is available on patreon.com slash thegoodpatreon for anyone who wants to sign up to get this main episode a day earlier and a bonus episode every week. Uh, But other than that, I think that's all I have. So thank you again for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe. Happy early Thanksgiving. And I'll see you next time.